Jackson Podcast. What's poppin', what's poppin', man? I had to come back, man, and talk the talk with y'all, man, after celebrating my birthday last week. That's why y'all ain't getting no show. But I named this episode Million Dollars Worth of Experience because I feel like experience is valuable. Experiencing things, man. Like, no shot at Gilly and Wallow or whatever, though, but a million dollars worth of game is important, but game is temporary and game is subjective. Sometimes people can choose to listen to the game you give them, and sometimes they can just ignore it. But experience is something you can't run from. It's something you can't hide from. If you go to jail, that's an experience. And in those experiences, you might not want (laughs) to deal with that again. Real talk. Vacations, that's an experience. You know what I'm saying? You, you see different things, you view life differently. And you come back to your reality and you change some things and you alter some things and, and make life better from vacations. Hurt, pain. You know what I'm saying? Hurt and pain, you don't want to feel that again. You got, you got beat up. You got gang. Some folks ain't going that direction down that street no more. That's an experience that you don't want to have no more. Love. Love is an experience we all like. We all like to be loved. And if you don't like to be loved, that means you're hurt. And you're dealing with something that you need to fix, dog. But million dollars worth of experiences, man. Let's get to it. Man, I had a a grand time in D.C. I enjoyed myself like I really did. My wife, she treated me well to a trip. We ate good at uh, this restaurant called The Fancy Radish. Uh, We went to the African-American Museum, and I learned a lot, man. We're going to discuss it, too. I learned a lot about the culture and the arts of us from 1500 until now. That's a lot of years, too. We went to the, the Iron Space Museum and the Future Concert. Now, a lot of things done happened in these last two weeks since I did a pod. And I just watched a video of the guy getting... That was brutal in Memphis. That situation was brutal. And it's a lot going on in Memphis, man. I remember, like, living in Tennessee and then originally from Knoxville, too, that things was going on. And they wouldn't usually put it on, like, CNN or Fox News. We would just know about it. It wouldn't be national news. Now the things that's happening in those small cities is national news. But before I get into the heavy stuff and a lot of the educational stuff, and we also visited the MLK, the MLK Memorial in downtown D.C. It was beautiful. And I said some things about MLK on the previous podcast that I'm going to have to clear up because I have a totally different perspective after viewing that and after viewing his memorial. 
I got some books I've been reading, some audio books. I'm going to break down and review them. David Goggins' new book, the MLK book. We got to talk about it, man. We got to talk about some of his views and perspectives and things. And some of my songs of the week, I got a couple of new vibes I've been listening to that's been real dope. But we got to get into the hip-hop first. So I don't, don't want to bore y'all to death. We got to get into the hip-hop first. And I'm sipping on Kerma Dungeon Bourbon Barrel Age Red Blend tonight. Chilling. Cooling, man. Let me pour me up a glass. I don't want to get too tipsy on the show. But, man, I got to loosen up, man, because I feel up tight with some of the things that's been going on. But Complex released the list for Artists of the Year, and it had me tripping. If you had a good time here, say hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I need y'all to sing along, My brother Drake can't be here. I need y'all to sing his part, man. That's cool. Smush. Yeah. Put a nigga in the chicken wing. Put a nigga in the chicken wing. Sometimes I got to give myself credit for stuff and sometimes I just got to, you know what I mean, take a seat back and stop speaking so much on things. But I called it. When Metro Boomer album came out, if you go back and listen to the audio version, I didn't do a visual pod. I said 21 had the strongest, most impactful year out of any artist. I know folks going to hate me for saying this because... In my group pages and on the websites and stuff, I posted album of, I mean, artists of the year, 21 Savage. And a lot of people was talking crazy, talking bad about it. But I'm going to tell you the impact 21 Savage had. The other artists that I can mention that had a bigger impact than 21 Savage is in a different age bracket. So the youthful artists, the younger artists, the little babies, the little dirks, the 21 Savages, the Gunners and those people in that age bracket, 21 had the best year, man, out of those people. But he might not be artist of the year. I'm, I'm going to break it down. I, I was saying he was artist of the year until something happened, until I went and seen something. But if you listen to 21 Savage on DJ Khaled album, he had the best song to me. Everybody was talking about that Jay-Z verse, but the 21 Savage song was fire. Then you get down on later in the year. He dropped the album with the biggest artist in the world, Drake. So he getting co-signs from the biggest DJ in the world, the biggest artist in the world. Then he went on Clubhouse and talked about Nas. And when he talked about Nas, he spoke uh, saying that he wasn't relevant. And then they did the song together. So now you got the biggest DJ in the world the biggest artist in the world. Now you got the best rapper in the world co-signing them. 
okay. Then Metro Boomer album come out, and he's the highlight of the album to me. So by him being the highlight on the album of the best producer's album, because Metro Boomin is, he's up there. He's top five producer in the game right now. And for the youth, for producers, he's the best. So by him being the highlighted artist on the, on the best producer's album in the game, who had a more impactful year than, than 21 Savage for that age bracket? But for me, at my age, I would say Nas had a great year. Dropped a phenomenal album, a phenomenal body of work. Uh, Pusha T, phenomenal body of work. Kendrick Lamar, phenomenal body of work. But I told y'all when the podcast first started that I was in D.C. and I went to a show. When I was at this show, it was at the Capital One Arena. Everybody had their designer on, their Louis, their Chrome Hearts, their Coogee, their Balenciagas, their uh, Gucci, their Alexanders, their Pradas, their Fox Furs, mink hats, chinchilla coats with the vest, with the match, <laughs> the imaginary thing with the ice on, the VVS diamonds on. So in D.C., it looked like it was a... a, a, a a player's ball, a dope boy convention. And the artist that was headlining it was Future. I never seen nothing like this before. I done been to a lot of concerts and I never seen nothing like this where it was one individual headlining. It was more packed than a Wizards game. It was it was 30,000 plus in a, in a stadium that hold 20,000, but the whole floor is full to capacity. So when I seen that and I seen the reaction from the old songs and the new records from the new album, I said, Future that man, man. He the guy, he running it. To me, Future is, is, is the biggest. Pause. Big pause. Pause. But he's the biggest. He's the best in the game right now. The, the, heavy, the heaviest in the game. So Complex, their opinion and their perspective it really don't hold no weight in the streets. They ain't in the streets. They got people computing on the computer in the office just talking reckless. But shout out to 21, though, man. But what I want to say to the young folks, man, he, he the artist of the year, but he going to allow himself to get tricked off the street. Whole life, so you can argue with a nigga on Clubhouse. You, you keep letting all these Chicago niggas boost your head up like y'all niggas ain't dying in real life, man. Stop playing. Then that sounds like a few niggas I know from the right. All right, bro. So you saying y'all undefeated on that side? Y'all ain't took no loss. Man, every nigga that we beef with, nigga, thirty of they niggas get smoked, nigga, and don't nothing happen to us, nigga. In real life, nigga, it's real life, nigga. Man, hey, hey, look, Cap, you from Chicago? I advise you to shut the up. I advise you to shut up, cause the niggas that without that spanking shit. So stop playing. You know, he's still fighting that case with him where he's supposed to be deported. Fanny Willis, she in Atlanta rubbing her hands like Birdman. She heard that, and she rubbing her hands like Birdman, man. Hey, and if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, man, the visual version is on Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. Go over there and check out the 
the visual version, man. Trevor Jackson, T dot V dot to see all the visuals. I appreciate y'all, man. But 21, man, get it together. The young individuals, what I say is that they allow themselves to get tricked off the street with that foolishness, man. And I watched that video. I'm about to call somebody too, man. He's a heavyweight in the game, heavy, heavyweight producer. And we're going to discuss this thing going on in Memphis. We're going to break it down a little bit because it, it's, it's, it's worrisome. It bothered me, man. Let me call my guy. What's going on, Lex, man? I got you on the show, man. How you doing tonight, family? I'm good. How are you? What's happening, bro? I'm blessed, man. I'm extremely blessed, man. I, I apologize. It's late night, man, but we I just wanted to talk to my guy, man. Yeah, I was just listening to actually uh listening to a um Twitter Twitter thing talking about that uh Yeah. Oh, they was talking about it today, me and my uh wife we was out and about right like we was going to some properties some houses and stuff looking at some houses filming some stuff and we saying they was protesting her man i was like man yeah it's crazy have you seen the, you seen the video the video of the actual situation yeah yeah i watched it before i got on the podcast man it was nasty to me man well that was a that was a, an, an ex execution is what that was. That was like some eighteen hundred. Uh, you know, it's uh, it seemed like they it, it it was personal to me. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was like they had some people from the house mm -hmm. beating somebody from the field that tried to escape. Ooh, that's a good example. That's a good example. And it, uh, it was like somebody had slept with somebody's wife or somebody had violated somebody in a gang or something. Because there was all black individuals like us, man. And the way they were speaking, saying, man, he was taking them licks, man. I was, I was giving him haymakers, man. I'm like, what the? Yeah, I mean, if you see that, I mean, what made me sick was they had to, I think they had him in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, and they had him standing up, and they were taking turns. Just see the thing about it, um, that head trauma mm -hmm. is, you know, they might think that this person is trying to escape, or he's he's um, you know, having a conflict with him or resisting arrest. Mm -hmm. But after the first impact to the head, and your uh, you know, your brain is floating in a sea of liquid surrounded by a membrane, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get cracked in the head, it causes your brain to bang up against your skull. Yeah, yeah. And and the end result is, uh, you know, some of the concussions. Or, you know, you see these football players and they get hit and they're laid out on the field and they'll walk up to them and say, hey, uh, who's the president of the United States or what time is it and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. They'll ask them questions because, you know, sometimes those people don't know where they are. They're trying to recover. So, the brain trying to recover. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the amount of confusion that comes with, uh, you know, an impact, a severe impact to the head, the head trauma, can lead you to, you know, he may have been in uh, physical duress early on in the, the altercation. Yeah, yeah. 
and they were spraying him, and he started running after they sprayed him. You know, and he probably, you know what? He was probably confused after he got, you know, after he got hit and bopped in the head the first time. He, it may have sent him into a uh, a euphoria or a stupor, you know, due to concussion. Did, did you see the beginning part when they first pulled up on the car? How he spoke, like the difference between language. I could tell that the the young man wasn't from Memphis because he said, "Dude, yeah. what are y'all doing, dude?" Did you hear what that? Was the initial? Yeah, but I mean, I don't understand what was the initial uh, factor in the stop in the first place. Reckless driving. It was like reckless. He was driving reckless, but they don't show that or whatever, so we won't ever see that. But the way the dude spoke, he said, dude, you guys are doing a lot, dude. And I was like, hmm. He speaks proper English and stuff clearer than them. Than yeah, the- and that's, that's, what he got, that's what got him beat up. Because they probably felt like he thought that he was better than them or something. Uh, I don't yeah, know. And, 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 you know, which which in the simple terms, you know, quite possibly he was. Quite because, possibly. you know, those, those, uh, uh, you know, those police officers, for, for them to reach that deep and in, deep into their, uh, their primal, whatever that shit is that they were doing, excuse me. Mm-hmm. In order for you to, to, to beat somebody like that, you know, you have to be somewhere really, really, really dark in your morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's five of y'all. Like, and what's 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 the thought behind it, man? One of the one of those guys could have beat the crap out of him alone. Mm-hmm. But they were talking, passing him around, man, and, and and holding his hands, and these guys were taking free swings at him. Yeah, and they looked like they was offensive linemen for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and they were they were just you know, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were they were be- beating they they were beating him to death, and that's pretty much it. But one thing I, I one thing I got to say too though, Lex, like in our era and the way we was raised, I I I I ain't taking shots at the young man though. But when we get arrested, it's like to me you got to have a a sense of compliance nowadays. Ain't no talking back and. And and not getting on the ground when they tell you to get it, it's it's zero resistance because we come up in the era where we knew we was gonna get killed. We didn't try to yeah, run. I don't know why these, what, yeah. What what has made people what what made them forget that that can still happen? It's still happening. It's happening more now than ever. Yeah, yeah. It's just on camera. It's you know they're just catching it on camera. It probably happened a lot back then, but it, the advent of the cell phone camera has, has brought a lot of stuff to uh, these cameras being going up everywhere. It, brought a lot of uh, eyesight mm-hmm. or put a lot of eyes on a lot of atrocities committed by people. That's true. But for them to pass him around between each other and to beat him like that, uh, I mean, you can't be, I mean, number one, uh, as far as people rioting, uh, I'm not sure they, it, the justice was swift for them. They were immediately terminated and charged. <laughs> And that was swifter than if that was Caucasian individuals, but I ain't taking a shot at the justice system because yeah, I mean yeah, that, yeah. if it was some, it would probably be six months from now until you know people, so many people raised hell about it until they had to do something. Yeah, they got to save face but, in Memphis, man. But these 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 five black men are getting ready to get crucified. That but they only facing second degree murder though. But still, they can get life for that though, can't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man. Well, I mean, unless they find out, to find out the evidence or information that uh, 
that they have uh, previously planned to do this to him, then they can't charge him with first degree murder because murder, first degree murder is a planned murder. Is, uh, yeah, planned with the intent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they were just out having fun and they were having a tough, tough guy contest. Yeah. And they beat this poor kid into uh, oblivion, you yeah. know? And he and he died three days after the situation, like from the same thing that happened to that Buffalo Bills football player. He didn't die, though, but cardiac arrest. He couldn't breathe or whatever, though, man. But Well, I mean, he had, he had, he had brain damage. Yeah. Because when you, when you get hit that many times in the head, then, uh, you, you, it, it, the result is a brain injury. See, mm-hmm. the problem with that is, is your brain only has so much space to swell. Yeah. Ooh, so when your brain I didn't starts think about swelling, that. You, well, yeah, when your brain starts swelling in your skull, and they can't, they can't. Uh, usually, they have to to uh, take a like a Dremel and cut a uh, a, a cranial a fissure around cranial fissure around the top of your head. And let your head, uh, the top of your skull, come up like a bowl. Oh, so it can breathe, and then it heals. Yeah, so it can alleviate, yeah, alleviate the pressure off your brain to keep it from pressing against your uh, skull and, and destroying it. Oh, yeah, because when it press, uh, it oh, I, I never, I never knew that. I appreciate that, man. That information. Wow. But see, with brain brain swelling, uh, um, brain swelling will apply pressure to your medulla oblongata, which is center of your uh your uh control your control center of your brain mm-hmm. it controls you know your it, it sends electrical signals to your heart you know in your lungs everything automated through your brain in your body is, is controlled by the, the brain stem and the, the base and the brain stem what's that part of the stem called again you said the something i need to know it's that the, word the, the, the medulla m-e-d-u-l-l-a oblongata medulla oblongata O-B- Oh yeah, oh, you know oblong and gotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to do some research on that when we get off the uh, the episode or whatever, Lex. But like, what would you say to the youth too about? Cause man, I was I might have been in the streets doing my thing a couple of decades ago though. But I was raised. I didn't have a father in my life, Lex. But I was raised by the first black sergeant in Knoxville, Tennessee. And man, well, he taught me about being getting arrested and stuff. It has kept me alive because I could have died, man. I, I right when I get pulled over, I put my hands out the window. I do everything. Yeah, grab, grab, grab that, grab that mirror. Yeah, I'm, I make sure that they're comfortable. I'm not talking back. I'm not running. I'm not never run. I'd rather go to jail for life than than die, man, or get beat down. Me personally, well, I mean, that's what they say. That's what saying isn't it? Comply, don't die. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But but the you know, youth hard headed though cool. now. Well, I mean, you know what? A hard head makes for a soft ass <laughs> because because you will get you you will get your ass beat, tased, yep. sprayed, shot, yeah, you know, or suffocated. Man, they get tased, sprayed, shot, and still be talking to them crazy after that stuff go on. They still be talking. Did they did did they release a toxicology report on him? I haven't seen it yet. I just this is my first time even having the balls to even look at the video, fam. To be honest with you, you want me to see if they release oh. the the report? Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. How long has it been? It just released. It been. It was uh, January the 10th when he died. What did okay, you say? Well, report you want, what report you want to see? Blood toxicology. Blood. Okay, they got the blood toxic. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, 
Extensively than caused by severe beating. Oh, it's not. It's not released yet. Just an hour ago. Yeah, it's, it's gonna come due with the autopsy, probably. Yeah, the, the autopsy hasn't been released yet. I I, I want to see that though. But why would you want to see that, Lex? Because uh, if his boy, if he has no drugs in his system, mm. then I think that he was uh, um, as he was became aggressive in his, you know, he was. He, I don't think he was aggressive, but I think that he was struggling because. He was under duress due to uh, uh, incapacitation, uh, mental incapacitation by blunt force trauma to the brain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And he was acting because you, you act different when your brain ain't operating right. Yeah. You know, you think boxers, you know, get hit and, and they don't know if they at Burger King or Disney World, you know. <laughs> That's true. And it takes it takes them a minute for them to come back, but they're still trying to walk around, you know, doing doing the chicken dance so they call it in boxing yeah yeah they're trying to recover because you get hit in your head i, I never knew that like, like your brain it starts to get big and stuff and then it's touching that skull and it could damage more and you could die from that i never knew nothing about that until you just told me that well you know like as i said it's it's, it's the uh your brain is it's your your uh your hair then your skin then your cranium and then i think it's the if I could I could be wrong. I think it's called the meniscus. Mm -hmm. I think maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, which which is the pad that protects your brain. It's a, like a, a a liquid pad. Now, if he if that gets ruptured, if that was ruptured, then it depressurizes and you're in big trouble anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, if the fluid around your your brain goes away, then there's no more pressure on your brain, and you know, it's any anything can happen from that. Yeah. Yeah. What what would you say to like he was originally from the suburbs in Sacramento and and mm -hmm. he ended up living in Memphis. What would you say to a a, a young man that might be from California or New York or predominantly democratic place and they move to the south trying to talk to the police like you know what I'm saying? Well, what I what I would say is uh why why did you come to Memphis? I don't know why he went. Number to, one, yeah, and unless unless it, he, you know it was a great job or situation, you know, some something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely uh, if it's if it's a job, it's a job promotion or something, you know, some way to advance yourself. Uh, Memphis, you know, the poverty, the lifestyles in Sacramento and Memphis, there there are a lot. A lot they have a homeless problem in California. And it's extremely expensive to live out there. Yeah, mm -hmm. but you also have ways to uh if you're ed if you have an education or you know any kind of where it's all about you there's ways to uh elevate live. yourself yeah Most yeah definitely. and plus if you didn't want to live in sacramento you can move you know 50 miles outside the city and see nobody you know napa valley you know or or you know somewhere out there you know what i'm saying i would love to live in that that's what i would want to retire in napa valley or clearwater florida they're my desirable places you know something? I could easily go work at a winery right now to get everything existing on this planet. <laughs> you too. <laughs> I'm sipping and, wine and, right now. And make and make uh, ten twenty dollars an hour and be out there shoveling shit and picking grapes and be as and be happy and, and be yeah. I mean, think about look at the Europeans. A lot of them are poor, but they're blissful because they eat seasonal food and and they're mm -hmm. just happy to you know they're just happy to do what they do yeah yeah they're not they're not caught up in this whole uh hurricane or firestorm of the rat race we call the united states 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. I, I, right now, there's 1,100, possibly, maybe, there's less than 2,000 people who live where I live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I live in a simple house with some pro- you know, property, and, you know, I got, the, you know, I, I got the grape trellises in the garden, and, you know, and, and deer, and, yeah. and ducks, and you know what I'm saying? That's peace, man. And I, I used to live in Buckhead in Atlanta. Yeah. So when I used to go back to Atlanta, you know, when I go back to Atlanta, I go down there and I'm like, you used to, I'd be out, hey, you know, when I live down there, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to this and my friend owns that club or, you know, this restaurant and we're going to do this and that, you know. And, uh, but then I left and after about 10 or 15 years of not being there and I went back, you know, and I've been up here living, you know, a uh, five minute walk distance from the, the lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm outside right now. I, I could tell too. I could tell, but I can't tell because you sound crispy. Your your microphone, whatever you're talking on, is crispy, man. But the thing is, is there might be four cars pass here in an hour. Peace. Yeah, you know, because people, you know, before they 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 put a subdivision across the street. Before that, it was it was dead quiet out here. Mm-hmm. But uh. And then I go back to Atlanta, and it's all this, all this everything, this stuff going on, and seeing people getting arrested, and 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 you're seeing, you know, this and that, and and you're seeing these, you know, there's all this chaos going on, and helicopters flying around, and then you're looking on the news, and somebody got robbed over here, or somebody got shot there, and, yeah, and you know, my sister, you know, they live, they live in uh, Marietta, and uh, you know, they got a nice little townhouse over there, and last time I was down there, which was you know a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't leave the house. Mm. I went to the grocery store and we bought stuff to cook, and you know. And then I do. We sat around down there and you know drank a couple of glasses of wine, and you know, I set up my little station down there in the, in the, the bottom floor of the house, and and that's where I was. Yeah, you're used to a peaceful lifestyle, man. Like living in cities has its benefits, but it does has its disappointments, man. Because I live outside of Charlotte. I live in Lake Wiley, South Carolina, but it's the it's right touching South Charlotte. And Yeah, you're out of there though. Yeah. You're out of the way. Yeah. I'm just five minutes out. Of, I'm five minutes to the lake like you. I can walk to the lake five minutes and I can be in the city five minutes. But it's it's quiet, it's dark, it's peaceful. I would never let nobody know where I live at because it's too dark. But uh well you know something anybody that <coughs> excuse me. Anybody I'm drinking Earl Grey tea. I just choked on it. Uh, uh, anybody that it, I, it takes me almost an hour to get to Knox, to Knoxville, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes me about an hour and 15 minutes to get to Asheville. Mm. And uh, um, that's the closest city, you know, like Gatlinburg, I mean, like 35 minutes maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, but I'm not, there's no major metropolitan area around me. Yeah, and that's a beautiful and, thing, man. It's peaceful. Yeah, and I just, you know, I graduated from the rat race and the chaos, mm-hmm. and I started looking for learning that no matter how much how many how much how many riches that you have, or no matter how much you how many physical things you have, uh, there's nothing more valuable than an experience. Oh my God! Stop! Hold up! Stop! You know what the name of this podcast is, Lex? What's that? Million dollars worth of experience. 
That's the name. Yeah, I named it. What? Tell, talk to me some more about experience, Lex. I'm gonna shut up. Well, the majority of people that you see that are super rich, um, they use their wealth to get farther away from people. <clears throat> now, if you can achieve that, you know, without being a billionaire or a millionaire, then you know you 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 you've won. Yeah, because. You know, people will people will people. If you get around a lot of people, you know, if you got a hundred people, twenty uh, percent of those people are going to have a mental issue, or you know, and and those twenty percent, um, you know, ten percent or fifteen percent of those people are going to be violent. Mm-hmm. So it's like rolling dice. That's true. And then our, you know, our culture has been so misguided that they think that the culture of violence is funny. <sighs> <laughs> uh, break it down, man. Because it- well, I mean, you see these people, oh, world star, you know, and and they're watching people get, you know, get beat up and uh, attacked, and you know, people getting knocked out, and you know, and, and these people fighting, mm-hmm. and you know, you can you can punch somebody and they hit their head on the ground and die. It's happened to a lot of people. And the next thing you know, you got twenty five years in prison. Why did that come but, from you know, though? Why did that come from? We thinking it's funny, and did that come from? Like slavery, or, 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 or where did it come from, Liz? I don't know what that is. I don't know what I don't know what the psychology of that kind of behavior is. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not out here looking for any kind of conflict at all whatsoever. Me neither. And I don't like to go places where people will. will I think people will be looking for conflict. You could. Conflict. You you can't pay me twenty. I ain't rich, but you can't pay me twenty thousand dollars to go to a club and drink. And eat wings with a whole bunch of uh, people doing buffoonery things. Well, uh, see, the thing is, is you could pay me to, to go to a club and eat wings and and drink, but I'm going to be there about eighteen minutes, <laughs> and I'm going to get paid, and I'm going to bust that door wide open. And what time is it going to be, though, Lex? Is it going to be after midnight? I don't know about that. That's that's that remains to be seen because I don't think that you know if somebody was I, it, that becomes more difficult because whenever I get ready to go somewhere, yeah, the first thing I start complaining to myself, oh, I got to drive down there, right? Yeah. Oh God, I got to you know in Atlanta, you gonna pay a hundred dollars to park? Man, tell me about it. You know, you know. So I was... then you got to find somewhere to park. Woo. Then you worried about somebody breaking in your car. Woo. Then you got to worry about getting robbed walking through the club. Then you got to worry about getting in the club without something happening in front of the club. Then you're in the club and there's a whole bunch of people shoulder to shoulder, leaning side back and forth to a bunch of music that's too loud with somebody on the microphone shouting so loud you can't understand what you're saying. That's true, man. That's a lot. So and then all these people packed in the club, people are going to step on each other's feet and bump into each other. Then bingo, you got your fight. Yeah. And then you got your shooting afterwards. Right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Man, what, what you said about paying for parking in Atlanta, man, my wife, uh, we we had a good time in D.C. for my birthday last weekend, man. And I, I never seen you got to park like I never had to pay to park to go to the mall. Lex. Well, see, what you do is. Is. See, I used to stay out in Alexandria, right? Yeah, that's Maryland. Yeah. Or Virginia. No, it's in Virginia. It's, uh, yeah. up, you can drive straight into D.C. down Van Dorn Street, go past the Pentagon. You're in D.C., right? Mm hmm. Okay, so I was right up there in the Kingstown area, and uh, which, if you you know, that's the place I would explore to live in is 
to get out there in one of those uh, uh, places in Virginia, mm-hmm. in northern Virginia. There, you know, um, Why the taxes better at Virginia or Maryland? I think that they. I'm not sure. I'd have to check that yeah. because if you get you on the other side of it, whenever you okay, there's Alexandria, which is the area that I was in. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. and they've got you know they got the, the red line and the blue line, the trains, right? The subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you could park out in Alexandria and take Springfield and jump on the orange line and go straight into D.C. Yeah. Without even driving a car. Mm. And the parking at the, the uh, subway stations is secure. Mm. That's secure. That's what you said, ain't it? Yeah. Okay. But see, when you get into, when you get into Maryland, right when you right when you cross to Alexandria, they got the, uh, the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. You cross it right there. There's an exit right there. Goes to Oxen Hill. I know what you're talking about. That's I can't it. remember the name of that bridge though. It's I think it's the Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, the Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you come down, you come through Alexandria, and you go right across the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, and uh, um, you know, and I think it's it might be 495 or something like that, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, over there's the hood too. All kinds of Prince George's County, all kinds of well, DC the whole the whole that whole area is 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 projects, man. Like I didn't have an appreciation for the cleanliness of Charlotte until I started uh traveling more. And the cleanliness of Charlotte, North Carolina is unmatched. The downtown area oh, yeah. is unmatched. It's it's beautiful here now. My my appreciation for this city has went up like times twenty. There's some, you know, them places. I mean, they have hurricanes and stuff down there. But when I was in the Gulf Coast, down there in Destin, mm-hmm. that place is gorgeous, man. Yeah, I like Clearwater and, too, though. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous down there too. And uh, but you know, with DC, high crime. Super you can't really enjoy crime. yourself. You can't. You can't like like Charlotte. Charlotte's got crime, yes. Mm-hmm. But the the uh, the chances of you, you have to put yourself in situations where you run into it. Yeah, yeah, you have to go outside. DC, of it. DC is a government town, so you got to worry about it. it's over. You know, so a lot of government officials up there. You know, FBI and uh, uh, you know the Justice Department, and then you got the DC police, and then they, they the parking changes, especially in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love Georgetown because I stayed in DC. I lived in DC for before I left to come to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it was a fire. Town, it was a townhouse. It was a, no, not a townhouse. It was a con, inside a condo complex called the Envoy. It was right across from Malcolm. Uh, I think it's Malcolm, Malcolm X Park or somewhere like that. It was right up the street from Georgetown, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had fireplace, high ceilings, the whole nine yards. This is in 1999. Mm. You've been balling, ain't it, Lex? Hold up now. <laughs> and, uh, uh, You could park on the roadway because you couldn't find parking anywhere, right? If you didn't get in the garage, you couldn't find it. You know, oh, yeah. We had, to park in, we had to park in that packed garage because my wife wanted some Georgetown cupcakes. You know, them, them cupcakes was $50 for a dozen of them, but that yeah. par- <laughs> that parking yeah, was crazy how close we was you, to cars. You know what? You, uh, I would never, you won't catch me paying $50 for cupcakes. I can make cupcakes. <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah. it's, it's, it's six o'clock in the morning. The parking on the street becomes a towing zone. Mm. 
So you got to get your ass out there at 530 in the morning and move your car if you can. Yeah. yeah. Because they'll tell you. If I your car's know, out there after six o'clock, your car's it. gone. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then you don't have no parking space if you even own a, a property there. You got to fight for parking like everybody else. Yeah, you 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 have to pay oh, oh, up to fifty thousand dollars a year for parking. Mm. That's crazy. They lease park. They they lease parking spaces up there like they lease apartments. Fifty thousand dollars a year to park. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, so they 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 lease them like they lease um apartments. And it's, DC is when you go up there and visit. <clears throat> I mean, when the first time I went up there, you know the. I was, that's where my, my ex is from, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first time I went up there, I was just like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Look at all these, these historic houses in this this old town district. Yeah, because the quality, my, my fault for cutting you off, but I'm going to say this right quick. The quality of the stuff that's built up there is way different from in the South. Go ahead, Lex. I'm sorry. That's because it's older. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, once I started being up there, it became much less enjoyable. Mm. Tell me why. Because it was, it's a lot of, a lot of rat race and a lot of, you know, you run, go out, you, you know, next time you go up there, go to Annapolis. Annapolis. It's gorgeous. Maryland, it's gorgeous. It's about 35 minutes, 40 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a, um, the Naval Academy and there's a historic district. It's, it's gorgeous. Up there. But, uh, um, It's a lot less enjoyable when you live there. Okay. Okay. Because number one, that weather. Man. Now Charlotte's warm. Charlotte's warm. Charlotte's like, yeah, like it's beautiful. It gets cold here in the wintertime, yeah, but it's it's warm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You go up there. I mean, I was up there and snowstorm hit, and it was minus seven degrees. Minus eight degrees, and I had to get up and, and, and struggle outside and go move my car, get it unfrozen so it didn't get cold. Mm-hmm. And you can't get warm, and then you all these people are running, flying everywhere. And it's a million you gotta people. Go. <laughs> oh man, you I can't drop, imagine. You got to drop ten blocks just to to because uh, you know those streets. Like I lived on uh, that, the Envoy Apartments. I'm not sure if it's still named that, but it was on 16th Street. So I want you, you could go straight down the 16th street oh, all the way and it would go straight into the front door of the white house i lived about a mile up the street oh you lived on oh if you live right there you that's a horrible it's nice but it's horrible because it's a red light every 20 yards mm-hmm. i don't like that i didn't like that 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 bothered me when i was up there trying to get to a restaurant because i was a mile away and it said 15 minutes because it was a red light every 20 yards I like oh yeah that. they'll they'll uh They'll 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 um uh one way street you Today. until you're in with it. You keep one 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 way streets and you'll be in Sulphur you know was it Sulphur Springs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just had to keep getting one way until you just to go turn around and get back to your apartment. You go ten blocks go left, ten blocks go right, ten blocks go left, go back left again. You just, might as well have a bicycle, man. It just you just need a good bicycle, a thousand dollar bicycle. Yeah. You good. Yeah, a thousand dollar bicycle ain't worth a damn when it's minus seven degrees. Or so. <laughs> and uh, you know, I just it just became, and I started realizing I'm like, this is this is not for me because really? I, you know, I came from went from Atlanta to there first, and I was up there for just a short amount of time. 
Oh, yeah. It, I thought you went from D.C. to Atlanta, not from Atlanta to D.C. No, I went back to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. Oh, yeah. I you went, went from Atlanta to D.C. back to Atlanta. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what love would do for you. What you think is love. There's people need to consider uh -oh. that, too. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I went up there and, number one, you know, Atlanta's median temperature for during the wintertime is about 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, generally it might get cold and you might freeze, you know, for three or four days and then it'll be back 50 degrees. But then usually it'll be, you know, sometimes it'll be warm for two weeks and it'll be 70 degrees in, in January, you know. Mm -hmm. It ain't like that, and, there, uh, man. I was I was in D.C. January 20, 20th to the 23rd. Fam, I'm telling you, we went to the uh, African-American Museum at 1030 a.m. We got out at one. It changed 30 degrees. Like, well, I mean, you're in the you're in the Chesapeake Chesapeake watershed, so you're really close to the ocean, and the ocean is salt water. And what do they use to make ice cream? Salt. Yeah, it was cold. Salt makes everything colder. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, so it was just like a whole lot of death and shooting, and just a lot a lot of misery for me. So I mean, I went back to Atlanta. Hey, I, I, and I agree with you. And I could handle Atlanta better. And then, you know, uh, I decided to come, you know, once I once I figured out that Atlanta was, you know, going the same route as D.C. was, I came to Tennessee. You know, I, I mean, an option, I used to come to Charlotte all the time. You know, back when I was going from Atlanta to D.C., I'll go right through Charlotte up 85. Mm -hmm. I get on 95 at Richmond and go right up to the bottom of D.C., right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, Richmond and uh, Charlotte is right, they the two metropolitan cities right beside each other, really. Yeah, like sister cities or something like that. So you can go, 85 goes straight to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. And it goes straight up 85 and you go through Charlotte and, and through Raleigh and all that. And, uh, yeah, through Richmond. Yeah. and all that. Up. Straight yeah, and to go right up in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And get on 95 and go straight to, to D.C. Come up through, um, what is that place called? Uh, Lorton and uh, Woodbridge down that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go go straight into DC. We went straight but, up eighty five. Uh, we went eighty five to I forty back on eighty five to DC. Or is that ninety five? Uh, and I'm ninety five. You went yeah. eighty five to ninety five. Yeah, it went from eighty five to forty to ninety five. I think. Yeah, you go eighty five to, and you get on forty at Raleigh. Mm -hmm. And then you go across forty, and then you go back up eighty five again. Oh no, it connects with ninety five, right? Yeah, that's what you're right. I, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, you gotta get on forty at Raleigh. Mm -hmm. Raleigh uh, over there, and then you cross over and it, you hit ninety five, and it goes straight up yeah. to Richmond. But Lex, but I, I got I got another caller calling in, and I'm gonna call you when I get off the show. But I need you to tell me what's the value of experience before you get off the podcast, fam. Tell me the value of experience. Well, whenever you think about something good, mm -hmm. think about think about okay. You went to Hawaii with your wife on your honeymoon, right? Yes, sir. Okay. It was beautiful weather and fruity drinks and <laughs> beach, sand, and you know what I mean? Oh, my God. I can't. Oh, God. Don't remind me about Hawaii. Woo. That was a, that was an experience. Yes, sir. Now, sometimes people, if you don't experience anything, if you're, if you're blissfully, blissfully ignorant, you can not experience things and be totally happy. I, there's a man over here who has a farm, beautiful farm, greenhouses and everything, and that's all he's ever known. 
Mm-hmm. But he's the happiest person I've ever seen in my life because, you know, he has big, gigantic greenhouses. He's got strawberry plants growing in him right now. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, you know, yeah. And I told him, I was like, you know what? I would just go out there and get me a, a go out there when it's about 80, 80, 80 degrees inside that damn greenhouse. And I'd get me a, 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 a lounge chair or, and a table and a bottle of wine and an ice bucket and a, a book. And I would be in her sleep. That's a, that's a beautiful lifestyle. People, some people won't appreciate that because they need attention from others, though. But that's it's a beautiful experience. life. It's an experience. People go and tra- people travel to experience. <sighs> unless you're unless you're you're uh, less intelligent and you go to to party. But I mean, you know, meeting a woman is an experience. Um, you know, seeing a sunset on a beach is an experience. Yeah. It's, you know, at Christmas with your family and. Uh, you know, you you know, you, if you have grandparents that passed on, and you remember them baking you cookies, and it's the happiest. That's an experience. That's an there's experience. nothing. There's nothing worth worth. There's there's nothing worth more money than having experiences with people, especially with people you don't have anymore. Let me give you some hand claps. Let's let me give you some. Hand claps. <laughs> Million dollars worth of experience, man. Continue on, Lex. I'm sorry. But yeah, I mean. That's what it is. I mean, you, you know, sure, but people like to like to have things. People like to make money. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you know, enjoying small things. Take a look at the dirt. You know, mm. or, or you know, with winter time, everything is brown and dead. But if you take a good look at it, there's all these different browns and grays and different hues of color that you see. You know, that are, you know, it's like artwork. It's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you look at it one way and you say, "Oh, that that tree is dead," you know, and I'm like, "No, the tree is asleep until spring." <laughs> you kicking game now, Lex. You kicking game about experience. So I mean, I, I I wish more people would understand that, and and I wish I don't know what's happened to this generation of 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 the younger people that are all these horrible things are happening to, and I don't know where they're learning this stuff from. But I think that the internet is undefeated and misguiding people. That's true. I, I agree with that because I think personally that we're lost in technology. Yeah, I, you know what I use technology for? You know what I watch on YouTube? What you watch? Luxury travel expert. Yeah. Pro walk tours where the guy just gets a camera. He's got a big camera mm-hmm. uh, that he straps on a, a, a steady a steady brace and he walks around places in Italy and Spain and he, he, it's like you're walking with him. You're walking down all these streets and you get to see what the people see that they're walking around. And you, you're looking at an experience. Yeah, and I watch the, you know, cooking channels. Why don't I have to do stuff like that? That's it. Oh, you gotta go, you gotta watch this. The best ever food uh, review show ever. You gotta watch that. I'm, I've, already, I'm I've already watched it. It's beautiful, ain't it? I don't even eat meat and it's yeah. beautiful to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a great show. I mean, there's just some amazing stuff out there. I mean, like truffle butter, Mm. Somebody did a song that's uh, sexual, and I was like, "These people like, uh, you know, you ask somebody, have you ever had truffle butter?'" And they're like, "Ew!" And I'm like, "Okay." Man, I got I a got truffle, truffle butter and all in the refrigerator right now. Yeah, a truffle. A truffle. See, see, most people that aren't uh, cultured don't understand that a truffle is a mushroom that grows, and the best ones are in Italy and Spain, and they use uh, hogs to find them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, it's it's like 200 300 sometimes $1,600 for an ounce of them. Mm. 
I'm getting so, but yeah, I'm not gonna hold you up I'm all night. For but you know, free too. Golly, let me stop. When you need, wait, 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 what? <laughs> you know where I'm. I work at Lex. I get them for free, completely. But uh, hey, bring uh, me, bring me a bag of them green, them green tomatoes, and we might switch out for a couple of them truffles. What? Please, why don't you just send me a FedEx? I got. You. I gotta wait until I gotta wait until uh, May to get some truffles. No, you ain't gotta wait. We'll talk about it. Let me get let me get the uh my boy from Cali in on the line, man. And I appreciate uh, all, right. all of your knowledge, Lex. Tell me, tell my bro, tell him I said I'm proud of him and I look forward to seeing him at some point in time. That's what's up, family. All right, be safe in your endeavors, my brother. And you know, so kudos to you and I will talk soon. Thank you, fam. All right, catch you later. Yeah. That was my boy Lex on the check-in, man. He always giving game on the podcast. If y'all seen him on uh, previous episodes, he called in on the PNB Rock uh, situation that we talked about uh, from Los Angeles when I came back from L.A. And he kicked some game just now, man. That man done lived. He done traveled. He done produced for the best. He He's done a lot, man. But we're going to take a break in the podcast, and we're going to come right back, man. Check out some of the records that I was vibing to this week. You know that love fluctuate, and that hater fluctuate. You gon' question who you trust when that paper fluctuate. Know they love fluctuate, and they haters fluctuate. They question who you trust when they paper fluctuate. Yeah. Me, you, 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 me, you, you. What's up? What's true? Oh, oh, oh. me, you, 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 me, you, you. What's up? What's true? Oh, oh, oh. They try and break me apart Get super petty We buying tables right by the ops And we don't intend to party But send they party some shit <laughs> I'm introverted and I pop You niggas scared, you hot I green light you with paper Plus you got paperwork, stop You never know who be cool Some gon' lie on the oath Some gon' lie to the crew Some gon' say what they say But they gon' do what they do They play you thirsty for fame They play you bishop for juice Ain't no morals, no rules Game ruthless and cruel. It's way too many funerals. Paul Bears, the shooters. Who's who? You know that love fluctuate. And that hate will fluctuate. You gon' question who you trust when that paper fluctuate. Know they love fluctuate. And they hate is fluctuate. They question who you trust when they paper fluctuate. Me, you, you, me, you, you. What's up? What's true? Oh, oh, oh. Choose me, choose you, you, me, you, you. What's up? What's true? Yes, sir. Wale, man, to me, Wale is the most underrated hip-hop artist of all time. That's just my opinion. A lot of people will say that he trash, man. He makes soft music or whatever. But I feel like he give a lot of the, the realest records, period, man. When you give your soul and your heart on records, to me, those are the best records, man. All that tough guy shit is, is lame at the end of the day. It's played out to me. But 
I posted in the group. I posted on this channel that I was doing a Q&A. A lot of people didn't participate this time. Last time I had 25 questions. This time I got five. Help me out, man. Help me out. So I can keep the show going, keep the dopeness going, man. But the first question, why in the African-American culture we do more competing than collaborating? I really want to know that answer myself because, like, if you look at my channel, I highlight people. I highlight artists. I want to see everybody win. But majority of the time, the places where I'm from and the people that I gave energy to, they don't share my content. They don't uh, view the content. They don't like the channel. But I don't need y'all at the end of the day. I'm trying to reach new people. Like when I listen to DJ Khaled's song, No New Friends, nah, I ain't like that. I'm not shutting off. I don't have a hardened heart to where I don't want new people in my life, new experiences in my life. I appreciate the new people. I appreciate the new friends because the new friends might be better than the old friends. They might support me more than the old friends. So in the African-American culture, competing, I feel like it's just something we've been doing since the 1500s because after i get into after this q a i'm going straight into my experience at the museum of the african-american arts and cultures when i was in dc because that was a dope experience but competing i i don't know i i feel like that's more of a, a manly trait but i see women competing with each other more they come in like my wife i don't even want to talk about her friends but I doubt that they're really her friends, but people do more competing. I got more than you. I got more square feet than you. My car is more newer than yours. Like women, women be competing too, but that's, that's lame to me. So let me get into the next question from the Q&A. If there is a violation, should that cause for a need of demonstration? What are you demonstrating? And what is the violation? Like, if somebody violates you, for real, I hope people hear this right quick. If somebody violates you, that's just a demonstration that they're hurt. So your reaction should be in your best interest. If you reacting on some bullshit time and reacting to something that don't even need to be reacted to, then you got the problem. Like, on the chalkboard, y'all see I got a chalkboard back there. I'm going to read what the chalkboard say. Life is less about what happens to you and more about how you react to it. Quote by Trevor Jackson. So, with that being said, there's no need for demonstration. Focus on yourself and let them do them. Let them do them. Ain't no violation. Can't nobody violate you. You can't. If I'm going to tell you something. If somebody violated you, then you open the door to allow them to violate you. It's your fault. So deal with it, nigga. Okay. <laughs> the chef left me this question. How do you like Hawaii, and could you see yourself living there? Certainly. Certainly. Why certainly, sir? Why certainly I could live in Hawaii? I love it. Lex just got off the phone talking about, man, Lex, 
he living good boy he just got to talking about peace and talking about he has his own farm he lived 30 minutes away from civilization and and uh high traffic places hawaii that experience to me it wasn't that much entertainment in hawaii and when you're young you want to be entertained black folks want to be entertained more than they want to embrace peace so with that being said in my life right now i already been entertained i done experienced a lot experience that's the key word i've experienced a lot so by me experiencing a lot i feel as if Right now, this, this this is my turn to have peace and abundance and love. Peace, love, and abundance. That's It's my time for that. So I could live in Hawaii. I could die in Hawaii, matter of fact. So let's get into the next question. <laughs> if someone takes you for granted, should you grant their wish? No. We speaking from a hurt perspective right now grant their wish what was their wish we don't know okay let me read it again if someone takes you for granted should you grant their wish we allowing them to take us for granted we allowed that that's why they took us for granted because we didn't value ourselves my perspective you gotta value yourself in all aspects because can't nobody take you for granted if you value yourself, if somebody lower your frequency, remove yourself. I give nobody power over me, but me. The next question and the last question. How much money is enough money to quit my 70K a year job? That's that's a good question. That's a good question. Only add to your finances. That's just me. I work multiple jobs. I work in a warehouse. I do graphic design. I do real estate. I take uh, donations on a podcast. I'm an artist at the end of the day. I receive money from streams of music. I drop albums. Only add, never quit. 70K is a, a, a decent living. Don't quit your day job. If you got money making a million dollars a year over here, keep your 70K a year job. That's my perspective. People quit and run because they don't like certain situations, but you got to enjoy getting money. That's my perspective on that. You got to enjoy getting money, for real. I'm going to play my last song of the week. Then we're going to get into this MLK perspective. I'm going to talk about my experience at the Museum of African American Arts. And then we up at this thing, man. I appreciate y'all. Let's go. I just wanted all of you. Yo. I just wanted all of you. Talk to my ex 
y'all man for tuning in man i appreciate y'all but we got to talk about the museum of african-american arts for a minute and the nations that was involved in the slave trade like it was a couple of them the things that i learned i'm just going to talk about a couple of things that i learned when i was at the museum of african-american culture and arts so i learned that the nations that was involved was portugal spain britain france the netherlands Denmark, Sweden, and America. And I realized that America was the country that had the less amount of slaves. They're the ones that re, re, uh, received the least amount of slaves. So those countries that I just named, they used to dock their boats and their yachts in West Africa and trade slaves to their countries for free labor. So 
those countries received those individuals for free labor. My descendants are one of them for free labor for 400 years. So their generational wealth, we ain't going to catch up in our lifetime. We, we just not. It's impossible. 400 years of free labor. That's ridiculous. 400 years of free labor. How are we going to catch up? Real talk. But, man, learning some of the things that I learned there was phenomenal. I advise anybody that go to this museum to start from the bottom to the top. Make sure you're wearing some joggers, something warm. Just because it's in D.C., you got to be dressed warm. Have you a hoodie, some joggers on, and some comfortable shoes because the museum is three miles long. It's a mile and a half at the three stories on the bottom, and it's a mile and a half at the three stories on the top. And the reason I tell individuals to start at the bottom is because that's where they talk about the slavery and the hard times and the countries that was involved in slavery. So you want to go from those traumatic experiences up to being happy, being successful. When black folks got the opportunity to be creators and established individuals, you don't want to start from the top, then go to the bottom. That's backwards. But I'm going to play a little clip of some imagery that I took from my iPhone and my uh, camera and that I created of the place when I was there. advocate reader and I read a lot of books and after I left DC me and wifey we was listening to Martin Luther King's book I forgot the title of it I need to find it for y'all so I can be accurate what I want to talk about so the book we was listening to was called where do we go from here That was Martin Luther King's book that I purchased. And when I purchased that book, I said, I want to talk to the family, the La Familia, about some of the things, some of the experiences that Martin Luther King had that we can discuss on the podcast. And we think that it's a race thing, but it's more than race. It's deeper than race. Basically, it's about finances. And... People are willing to kill people that look like them for finances. It's not a race thing. It's about power. And everybody wants power over each other. People want power over their own family members. So with that being said, what are you willing to do to 
obtain power? And are you willing to hurt somebody for it? It's just reading this book, it let me know, man, that you got to be aware of capitalism and communist countries. A capitalist country and a communist country. You need to educate yourself on that because if you don't educate yourself on that, you don't even know where you're located. You don't know what you're getting yourself involved in. You don't know what you're dealing with. And if you don't know what you're dealing with, you're just a subject out here, man. You're just a a person just 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 out here. So with that being said, I'm going to play a little excerpt from the book. and We're going to talk about it, man. Of the population cannot buy tensions alone, induce 90% to change a way of life. Within the white majority, there exists a substantial group who cherish democratic principles above privilege and who have demonstrated a will to fight side by side with the Negro against injustice. Another and more substantial group is composed of those having common needs with the Negro and who will benefit equally with him in the achievement of social progress. There are, in fact, more poor white Americans than there are Negro. Their need for a war on poverty is no less desperate than the Negroes. In the South, they have been deluded by race prejudice and largely remained aloof from common action. Ironically, with this posture, they were fighting not only the Negro, but themselves. So, how much do you think they value us if they don't even value themselves over money? Money is the most powerful thing in the world. It gives you the most power. We just seen that me and Lex just talked about the black dudes killing another person that looks like them. When you kill somebody that looks like you, you hate yourself, man. If you're willing to hate yourself, then you're just a, a lame to me. But to obtain things, you're willing to hurt yourself. Man, that's crazy to me. But I'm different from other individuals. And we have adopted the lifestyle of the Caucasian individual and inherited their ways. So we're going to do the things that they do to obtain money because we have valued capitalism. Speaking later at a staff retreat of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, King expressed a conviction that had long been a crucial part of what he saw when he paid attention to the nation's poorest people. He said, Something is wrong with the economic system of our nation. Something is wrong with capitalism. Always careful, perhaps too careful, to announce that he was not a Marxist in any sense of the word, King told the staff he believed there must be a better distribution of wealth, and maybe America must move toward a democratic socialism. This seemed a natural direction for someone whose ultimate societal goal was the achievement of a nonviolent, beloved community. There must be a different way to distribute the country's wealth. Capitalism. Let me define it for you. I'm looking at it. <clears throat> an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit. 
is controlled by private owners for profit. So everybody has access to financial gain. But a human being's life is not as important as financial gain. There's something wrong with that. Morally, yes. But there's no moral standards in capitalism. So by it not being moral standards in capitalism, you have to deal with the outcome or you have to leave the country where capitalism is the most powerful thing. So as black individuals... King was the type of person that valued love over everything. He valued unity over everything. He didn't even like black power. People speaking on black power. Like, as I grew up, that's all I knew was black power. People stance on black power. We was always the fist and all of that. We wanted to be powerful. But his stance was that we needed to unify with the whites. I thought something was wrong with that. At first, I thought something was wrong with uh, us unifying with the whites. But ain't nothing wrong with us unifying with the whites because we were sold by our own people to the whites. So we have conformed we have unified we have become african americans we are the only people with two cultures so we got to unify with whoever wants us the africans don't want us they got rid of us the americans allow us to be here that's what i was saying man on the last podcast i i kind of was wrong about what i said about mlk the homeboy on the Q&A told me, he said, uh, who, is, who has done more for the black community, MLK, Malcolm X, or Jesus? And I picked uh, Malcolm X because I said Jesus didn't, uh, we didn't exist. African-Americans didn't exist in Jesus' time. And uh, Martin Luther King wanted us to unite with the whites. So I picked Malcolm X. But now, I have a different perspective because I feel like what Martin Luther King was doing had value to it. Because like I say on every podcast, peace, love, and abundance. Make sure you go get you some money. By me saying that and having that perspective, I got to speak out of love and out of unity. If love isn't the highest frequency in your life, you're hurt or you're hateful. Love is the highest frequency. You have to love everything and everybody, even love the things that hurt at you. And if you're not that type of person, then you're just hurt, man. But this was a million dollars worth of experience, man. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. I'm up at this thing. Chill.